This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I've got Tammy Irwin, CEO of Verizon Business, to talk about the wireless technology that will quietly change your life. Here's part one of our two-part interview. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Tammy, thanks for being here. Let's let's get into it. What exactly is mobile edge computing? And please, if you could put this in a way that my non-technically savvy parents can understand, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, in its simplest form, MEC is the ability to take the applications and solutions we all use today and make them faster and better. So we think about all the application solutions you use on your phone. Today, they hop all the way back to data centers, thousands of miles away. This puts that computing power and the processing of those right there at the edge where your network is, and it makes them faster and better. So, you know, as I explained it to my mom, it's everything you do faster and better. Yeah, and the idea here is that, uh, you know, I think folks don't really understand that, right? When you ping the internet or when you do anything on your phone, when you're asking for information, a lot of the crunching actually gets done far, far away from your phone, right? That's why there's a little bit of that 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 latency where there's a little bit of a lag time when you do something on your phone, you you push a button on your phone and it takes a little while to respond. This- a little hesitation. Right, so this cuts down on the time, right? Because a lot of this processing can be done right there. Not necessarily on the phone, but at least at the cell tower or somewhere close by, is that sort of, is that how I understand it? So at the site location or the CRAN location, we'll put it in different locations, but right close to where the user is. And so what what it allows, and I'll I'll tell you an example that I saw that brought it to life for me. If you've been in one of the uh, Amazon stores where you walk in and you buy all the things that you want and you walk out and nobody checks you out, um, I waited 15 minutes to get a receipt. So it was like, all right, that's a bit weird. In a, in a world where you've got edge compute, all that computing is happening real time. You pick up the item, it gets computed. You pick up the item, it gets computed. And so you take all the latency out and all of a sudden you have a real time shopping cart and you know before you walk out of the store exactly what you've paid for and what you're buying. And so that's the kind of, and what I, you know, that in that example, I was in Seattle and, you know, their data processing was being done in Portland, not a long ways away but still far enough away that wasn't right there at the edge. And as you think about our network and the power of taking AWS cloud and putting that edge compute right there at the edge of where the user is, it changes really significantly with the power of 5G. You bring very low latency applications and your latency goes sub 10 milliseconds and it's real time, everything is real time. And so those apps are better and faster and real time, no hesitation. And that's that's an important point to make because again, just to reinforce this for our listeners, because not a lot of folks kind of understand that the the data from your phone it doesn't just travel to a cell tower. It's not wireless. It's not just a wireless connection, right? It goes to the cell tower, which connects back to a data center through fiber optic lines or cable lines, and it, there's a whole process. And like you said, across state lines, oftentimes 
sometimes even further, and then comes back to the phone. So all that, while it doesn't seem like a lot, there's there's enough of a lag there that that this could eliminate a lot of that hesitancy, right? Yeah, I, when I think about it, and that's such a great way to explain it, you push the send key or you ask for information and it almost happens instantaneously today, but we all watch it kind of search for the buffering of waiting for that response to come back, whether it's a web search that you're doing or whether it's a shopping cart you're filling or whether it's information that you're sharing with a friend or a video you're downloading. The ability to have it go from your phone to the cell site back to the central office, then hop out to wherever it's going and then wait for them to hop out to whoever they're using for the integration of the solution. And then all the way back <laughs> and back, it's those things that we don't even think about because it does almost happen instantaneously. But when you see the difference between instantaneous real time versus instantaneous as we know it today, it's radically different. Um, and that's the thing that becomes really exciting about edge compute is the ability to do it so instantaneously that it can be much more predictive. And, you know, there's lots of examples where people are using it today. I'm sure we'll get into that, but a lot of exciting ways people are using it. Yeah. And uh, in terms of how this works, like how, how do you put the processing power out to the cell tower? Because obviously a lot of the processing power right now is traditionally done in data centers, big facilities, that that's what they're built for. How do you, how do you move that processing power to the, to the, you know, cell sites or the, those locations near cell, cell phones. And how does that actually work? Yeah. So listen, uh, our partnership with, so there's a couple of ways we'll do it. We'll do it through a public model or through a private model. In what we're seeing today with AWS, it's a public model where they take their cloud that developers develop in today. And as they go through the path, they can pick a couple of different options for how they want to manage their cloud compute. Do they want to manage it through the basic network that AWS offers? Do they want to offer it through local zones, which is a recent introduction from them? Or do they want to offer it through Wavelength, which is our 5G mech compute capability? And what they've done is they put that compute right into our network. And so it's the partnership that we've been able to build with AWS where they take that cloud compute, put it right into our network. And so it's, you know, 5G meets edge compute uh, with Amazon on the cloud. And it's instantaneously because uh, instantaneously available because it's right there at the edge. Got it. And then let's talk about some of the examples. I mean, the Amazon Go store examples was a great one, very illustrative. But what are some of the instances where, Mech will be used to, you know, change maybe in quiet ways, change the way you know we live our lives, the way we conduct things, shop, you name it. Yeah. So listen, there's a bunch of them that are people are working right now, and it's. It, I like to say, Roger, when we opened up the partnership with AWS, we gave a sandbox of development to a million developers for AWS. And some of the things we're seeing, great examples, and let me give you some of my favorite: healthcare. Um, you're, we're seeing a lot of work being done here in diagnostics. Um, and today, if you, you know, there's a specific example up in Boston of Visha, which is a company that does diagnostic testing, testing for colonoscopies. As they're using the power of edge compute, they're being able to see polyps that they would never have otherwise seen because they are seeing in real time what's in front of them. And what they had previously seen is as they were going back and sending that image back, it was hopping back to the data centers, doing the compute and bringing it back, they'd already moved on. And so they had missed the visualization. 
So that's one small example, but it's a super powerful example because they're finding polyps they would never have otherwise found. So early diagnostics of something like colon cancer where they can see it and they wouldn't have otherwise seen it, it wouldn't have been captured in the image because the compute wasn't fast enough. So that's one that I, I for one, think is really exciting because it's something that can be opened up in a private, in this case, it happens to be on the public MEC, but healthcare is one of the biggest areas for disruption with private networks and private edge compute because you have a network that's built for physicians and you've got a network slice that becomes open for patients. And so you've got a lot of HIPAA controls, and but just the diagnostic capability. I also think uh, some of the use cases we're seeing is physicians beginning to do remote diagnostics, whether it's uh, radiation and the ability to read uh, radiation films um, real time, as opposed to having to send them out of the country and have somebody read them and return them. They can read them real time if they need to, so you get specialization of physicians in some of the rural communities that you might not have them today. So that real-time specialization or patient consult with with another provider that can give you the specialization that might not be available real-time in reading some of the the radiology. So healthcare is a really, really big one. Education for me, super important. Listen, today we're providing connectivity to hundreds of thousands of kids across the country, but it is a terrible learning experience because they're watching their, their teacher in front of a screen try to be a teacher as though she was in the room with the classroom with the kids. Think about kind of the augmented reality capability of putting a kid right in the middle of the Colosseum in Rome and they put on glasses and they can see at 360 and they can imagine what was happening in the Colosseum as though they're right there. That immersive learning experience, I think, is going to come to life so quickly. And you can do that with the power of augmented reality and the kinds of graphic capability that you can deliver in a 5G ecosystem with heavily intensive graphics, low latency capability. So that one, I think, is going to be transformative, not just for uh, K through 12, but for universities and for corporate learning. So, you know, you think about how often people are changing jobs the ability for custom, for companies to onboard people quickly and to be able to do a personalized training track that I can pick up and you know drop off where I need to with interactive, engaged, augmented reality learning. If I can take somebody and put them into a class on 5G that's augmented and it's real and it's immersive, they're that much better at being able to talk about the products and capabilities. And I'm not waiting for the class that's scheduled three weeks from now that happens to be in New Jersey and everybody has to fly there. So, you know, that kind of augmented reality does really come to life in 5G because of not only low latency, but incredibly fast speeds and throughput. And then sensor densification, you know, as you begin to think about AI and big data, and the ability to take sensors in, in a 5G ecosystem with Mac, you have the ability to have uh, a million sensors in a square kilometer as opposed to 100,000 sensors. So as you get into a stadium, that's the other example that's coming to life really, really quickly with Mac. In fact, we uh, had it at the Super Bowl, so it's real time. Now, now there were only 20,000 fans at the Super Bowl, not 50,000 as there might have otherwise been, but right. the ability to do uh, a virtual toss of a football at halftime. Uh, we had people participate in that on their screen and the per- people that were participating with 5G and MEC had 50% faster speed delivery. And by the way, therefore they won as a result of that. Um, <laughs> but but it's just one example. What we're seeing in, with MEC is touchless retail. So you're able to 
process retail transactions via edge compute capability real time, the ability to begin to explore new security opportunities for stadiums. And certainly they're being very thoughtful about how you do that. But you can see everything in the stadium with 5G, you know, who's where and what they're doing. Uh, and then the video experience is super cool. So you may go to a game and you may have an interest in a particular player. Uh, you might go to a game with a buddy who's rooting for the other team. You can personalize where your video cameras are coming into your screen. And now you have a personalized view of the player you want to watch, the team you want to watch, the angles you want to pull in. That's all real time. Hmm. Now, where that leads to is probably in-game betting as the betting industry really begins to pick up. So begin to think about if you've got real-time information that's customized to how you're thinking about, all of a sudden you've got a betting environment that comes to life very, very quickly. So that's happening. Um, you and I have talked about smart cities. Yep. Yep. And this is one where if I get into an autonomous drive a vehicle where it's self-driving, uh, if I, in a 4G world without the power of edge compute, if I'm trying to manage that in a 4G ecosystem, first of all, I don't have the power of edge compute, but I get into 5G and I now all of a sudden have clearance of latency of four inches to four feet because of the capability of 5G and then the ability to really edge compute the information that's being Right. That, the idea that you're, you're eliminating the lag time, so yeah. responsiveness is a lot better. Yep. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, you guys have recently announced an expanded partnership with Amazon's AWS. You talked a little bit about that earlier. Talk about that deal. What does that mean? And, and ultimately, what does that mean for you know end users uh, with this deal? Yeah. So listen, what it means is that as you think about the partnership we've built with AWS, it gives them immediate access to our 130 million connections, actually 170 million with the 4G, 5G. Uh, blend and what it gives us as their partners the ability for their developers to go in and as they're building applications and use cases on the AWS cloud, if their application requires low latency and different kind of uh, ultra low latency, then they pick the Verizon application and it changes the way that application then shows up for users that have access to that from a 5G standpoint. So it's it's a game changer for their developers because they're able to develop gaming applications, education applications, healthcare applications that then become accessible to uh, users of 5G network and, and access. That concludes part one of my interview with Tammy Irwin, CEO of Verizon Business. Come back tomorrow to check out the second and final part of our conversation, where I talk about the $45 billion that Verizon spent on the last FCC Spectrum auction. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge, or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.